Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Would you write down the title of today's message? That's my day off. That's my day off. Write it down for me and then uh, just give me, just raise your hand. Who loves a day off from work, right? Anybody love a day off? Okay, oh wow, see, first service was like, eh, you know, second service, yep, for sure, yep, we like a day off, right? Especially when it's your day off from things you don't wanna do, right? Maybe work is a little bit stressful for you, maybe your job is not your favorite, and to have off from that is great. And we all know, maybe we are that person in our life that when they say, hey, I'm gonna need you to come in on that day, nope. That's my day off. You don't touch that, all right? That's mine. And really, that's kind of something we're gonna talk about today. How we've actually been gifted a day off. And to eliminate hurry in our life, we have to understand and talk about what that means when it comes to us and our relationship with God and the way he created our rhythm of life. I love this verse in Psalm, Psalm chapter 62, verse 5. It says this. I was reading it this week, journaling about it. It says, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. Would you underline that phrase, wait quietly before God? I love this idea that when it comes to God, it's okay to wait. It's okay to wait quietly before him. And I love what it says, let all that I am, not let some of me, not let what's convenient, not let what's easy, God, let all that I am wait quietly before you. I talked a little bit about this last week. You know those people who just refuse to wait quietly? It happens a lot to me, like when I'm waiting in line. I shared a story with you last week of when I was waiting in line at a store in the mall and the cashier was just taking a little while. And me, like I have to, I have to wait quietly in those moments because if I begin to say things, it just goes downhill, right? I realize that I need self-control. I'm just gonna say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. But the, the lady behind me, nah, that was not her style, all right? She was one of those people who likes to say things like they're saying them to themselves, but really she's saying them for the whole store to hear them, right? Where, like, it would take a little while, and, and the, the cashier made it make a mistake, or the lady forgot something and ran back to get something, and, and the person behind you, she's like this. She's like, <gasps> all right, everybody have to do one of those, or you got to be kidding me, right? Or this is taking forever. Like, lady, I know, all right? It's taking everything in me to not say anything, all right? And this is not helping the situation. Let's just wait quietly. I think sometimes we do that before God, right? God, really? Let's go, God. How long is this going to take? Rather than just waiting quietly. See, that video talked about faith over fear. And I think sometimes our natural reaction to fear is not always just to run away. Sometimes our natural reaction to fear is to get impatient, is to act, is to work and do, and not simply slow down. Today, we're not only going to talk about just slowing down and eliminating hurry. We're talking about disconnecting from the routine of life, to disconnect from all the doing that we run after. Can I give you some truths today, some promises to lean into? I want you to write this one down. Is that nothing in this life apart from God can satisfy us. I just want to let you know that. Nothing in this life apart from God can satisfy us. 
Now listen, relationships, they may satisfy us for a little while. Stuff may satisfy us for a little while. Doing what we want to do, doing that late night binge watch or achieving this goal, that may satisfy you until you want the next goal to accomplish, until you have the next show to watch, until you want the next relationship. Then that emptiness, that restlessness starts to build up. The only thing that can completely and fully satisfy you is God. He is the only thing that is the end-all, be-all. He is the only thing that will never leave you wanting more because he truly is that good. I say this all the time. God's never let anyone down, and he's not about to start with you. God's never let anyone down. He's not about to start now. So nothing in this life apart from God can satisfy us. Why? It all started with God. In the very beginning, we were dust and dirt on the earth until the breath of God breathed life into you and me. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, you were once dirt, just so you know. Don't say it mean, though. Just say, you know, just a remi- it's healthy reminder today. But God, right? I love that phrase in the Bible all the time, but God. But God stooped down into the dust of the earth and breathed life into you and me to build a relationship with you and me so that we can know he is all we need. It was not achievement. It was not goals. It was not followers. It was not anything else that breathed life into me and you when we were dust of the earth. It was the breath of God that is alive in you today. If you're thankful for that, come on, give me a shout. Clap your hands today. That's what we're talking about. And here's the key. A few things that we need to lean into today, and I want you to write these down, is that you were made by God. You were made for God. You were made to need God. And you were made to run on God. America may run on Duncan, but you run on God. You run on his character. You run on his strength. You run on his power. As we sing today, he is your champion. And the times when you feel empty is because we're running away from the things that we need and that something is not a something, it's a someone. And it's the person of Jesus in our life. I think sometimes the reason we get so frustrated, we get so conflicted, we get so chaotic in our emotions and in our spirit is because we're running to things that cannot satisfy us for more than a moment. It's always about this idea that I was made by God, made for God, made to need God, and made to run on God. It's the answer to the question, why do people who seemingly have all the success in the world, money, fame, or whatever, why do they seem to be the most emotionally dead people? Relationship after relationship, taking their life. It's because that stuff doesn't satisfy you. It's not about status. It's about realizing that I need God. And I'm called to run on him. I think a lot of us, we may realize these first three, but we've forgotten the fourth one. It's the easiest one for me to forget. Man, I run on God. I don't run on caffeine. (laughs) I don't run on achievement. I run on God. And so before anything else, I need to slow down and spend time with him. It's actually pretty simple. You know, one of my favorite birthday gifts that I got this year is really the only thing I was asking for. I was asking for a new bike, right? Because over the last probably four or five years, what I've done with, I love riding my bike. I hate running. I don't understand that people like to run outside. It's not me. Like, I just don't get it. If that's you, that's okay. I'm like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to actually exercise outside, I'm going to do something that makes me feel like I'm doing a lot more. I'm going to go faster and I'm going to be on a bike and it's going to be great. And I enjoy that. Okay. If you run, that's okay. I just, not me. It's not me. I don't like it. 
but I liked a bike and I wanted to get a new one this year because over the last few years, what I've done is I've, I've bought one off Facebook Marketplace that was like used and like, that's a good one. Then I would just resell that one and buy another one. Just kind of through this cycle of Facebook Marketplace, which I enjoy that because it's fun to find stuff and it's fun to shop, right? But this year, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get a brand new bike. I'm gonna new one, I want a new one. I've been doing this for a little while. So, but what I wanted was one that was called a single speed bike. And here's why I wanted this, because every bike that I've had always had all these gears on it, all these handles, little levers. I had no idea what half of them did. Like I just, I, okay, I'm like, I'm going uphill, uphill, which one do I use? I'm going downhill, which one do I use? Am I using the right one? Am I clicking it the right way? And it would just drive, it would stress me out while I was driving or while I was riding this bike. And I felt like I would only use them because they were there. And so with a single speed bike, it's one gear. It's all you got. No handles, just a brake on the handlebar. It's awesome. Don't have to worry about anything. Just pedal and you go. And I think in life, it's really important to understand that the simplest answer is always the healthiest one. And sometimes we're going to surround our life with all these gears, all these handles that we think we have to use. It's there. I guess I got to use it, right? It's there. I guess I got I to lean on it or trust it or make use of it. And it's like, no. The simple truth is all you need is God. The only thing that can satisfy you is God. And we try to replace that with so many different things. How many of you guys have ever worried about something before? Anyone ever worried about something? Cool. Some of us may not have raised our hands because you missed that I just said that because you were worrying about something for this week, right? Like we worry about things. Stress is the real thing. And I think we're leaning into things that only compound that worry. In the book, they talk about a couple stats that really just floored me. Uh, the first one is how many times the average person touches their phone every day. The average person touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Turn to the person, elbow them, say, that's you. You're touching your phone too much. You're using it too much. It's you. I'm not saying phones are bad. They're convenient. It's nice. I got apps that help me track how far I just rode on my bike. I got apps that help me budget. All those things, they're healthy. But touching anything 2,617 times a day ain't no good for no one, all right? And that's good English, okay? So do not, uh, we have to realize it might not be the healthiest thing. Because how many times we tap and scroll, right? I found myself sitting, watching TV, binge watching some show that I've seen a hundred times, and scrolling on my phone. And I'll be like, I'll literally, I'll literally think this, man, what am I doing? I'm on my phone and watching TV. What am I doing? And then I'll just go back to still doing it. Like I won't actually stop and go outside. I'm like, man, oh wow, did you see what they're doing today? Man, that's cool, I wish I was doing that. It's just this doom loop of repetition, right? I had this, I've gotta be honest, I had this crazy teacher in high school. He was where I first started to learn about conspiracy theories and I'll prove it to you right now. He used to call the TV our one-eyed God. He was like, that's the one-eyed God we all serve. I'm like, Dr. Y, you are weird, sir. Yeah, thank you, you are weird. But he would always say that, I think it's true, right? Like if an alien were to come down and tell us what was important about our life, he'd never knew anything about life, he would say, man, they, these screens they look at are very important to them. Here's what it's done to us as well. Our average attention span now is eight seconds. A goldfish's is nine seconds. We're losing to goldfish, everybody. And I'm not talking about the cracker. Like the actual goldfish has got a larger, a large, longer attention span than you and me. I didn't know a goldfish's lifespan was nine seconds, right? And it can pay attention longer than me now because we're just rushed the next thing, right? That's why things that are popular now are like social media reels that are barely 10 seconds long. That's all we got. But longer than eight. We gotta slow down. We gotta disconnect. 
Because I know we've worried before, we feel restless. Let me give you a quote today before we jump in to the heart of the message. It's from St. Augustine, really important spiritual theologian from a little while back. He says this, is that you have made us, he's talking about God, you have made us for yourself. And our heart is restless until it rests in you. See, God's made us for himself. Not in some selfish way, but because that's the amazing thing about our relationship to our creator. And you will remain restless. Your heart will remain restless until you choose to rest in God. Can I give you permission today to rest at least for the next 20 minutes? Because you're going to be sitting and talking, listening to me. So you can't really do anything about your problems anyway. So for the next 20 minutes, put the phone away, write down some notes, unless you're following along on the YouVersion app. That's okay. Write some notes down. Let's rest in God. And let's see how he truly is who he says he is. And he truly is good. It's your day off. So let's rest and talk about our Heavenly Father and talk about the rest that our God gives us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? God, I'm so thankful for every person here. I'm so thankful for the rest that you give us. And today is our day off, God. So we're gonna lean into you and trust you. God, I pray for every single person in here. I pray for a special blessing over their life. Pray for all of our local kids next door. I pray that you would bring them so much joy and help them know that Jesus is real in their life, even at a young age, and that they would fall in love with your son, Jesus. And God, we're so thankful today that we can listen, we can talk, we can write notes down. We pray that you would truly speak to us this morning, because God, here we are. We're listening. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's jump into this thing today. I got a confession to make for you. I got a confession to make to you. I like to be real and authentic up here uh, because that's what life is. It's real. Uh, I do enjoy an occasional trip to a fast food stop. I, I like it. I enjoy it. It's easy. It's quick. It's cheap. I know it's not healthy of me. I'm realizing that more and more. Like the farther I get past 30, I realize, okay, I can't do this anymore, but I still do it, right? It's kind of the thing that we commit to. And I promise you, there is a fast food thought in my mind that I have every single Sunday. Now, I think it's an insult maybe to call them fast food because I believe they refer to themselves as quick service. But every Sunday, when I'm leaving church, I have this thought, like, man, I'm really in the mood for some Chick-fil-A today. It's Sunday. It's a restful day. Nothing says more rest like a nice chicken sandwich with some fries and a lemonade from Chick-fil-A. Only problem is Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Come on, who craves Chick-fil-A on Sunday? And you're like, man, it's closed? That's the worst. Some of you are like, I don't eat that stuff. It's not healthy, Pastor Ryan. Well, sorry. All right? And you do. We know you do. But anyway, we know. It's not, it's not open, and here's why. Because they are founded on faith Christian principles, and so in what we're gonna talk about today, Sunday's the day that you take off. Sunday is the day that you rest. We're gonna lean into this practice to eliminate hurry in our life, and it's called the practice of the Sabbath, if you'll write it down for me. Today's practice, we've been building these each week, practices to eliminate hurry in our life, and today's practice is the Sabbath. Now, I remember growing up kind of on the tail end of this, but it's not like this at all anymore. Some of us might remember that there were actually a lot of businesses closed on Sundays. Like it was a day where really everything did shut down because it was rest day, it was Sabbath day, it was family day. Like not too long ago, the idea of a 24-7 store didn't really exist. 
Like, that wasn't a thing. Sundays, they were closed. It was the day to take off. And now, because there's been a demand for it, because we've become a little impatient with our eight-second attention span, we've wanted things open. We've needed to adopt things like one-click shopping on Amazon. Like, was it really a thing where people were like, uh, two clicks? <sighs> Not going to buy it. One click, oh, one click though, okay, I can do that, right? Like that's where we're at now. It went from like two to three day delivery to I better have that before I close the internet browser when I order this thing. The doorbell better be ringing that my Amazon order is here. Same day delivery, let's go. Now I get upset about that. I mean, I click Prime on everything. I am not waiting like a, more than a week for anything I'm ordering. I'll buy a different product if it gets here quicker, right? But we've forgotten that maybe healthy rest is really important that there is actually something to say about shutting down and disconnecting and letting things slow down in our life. You see in the Bible, when you see the word Sabbath, I want you to write this down, it literally means to stop and to delight. It means both, to not only stop, but to delight and enjoy what's happening. See, last week we talked a little bit about slowing down, and I think in our daily rhythms of life, we do need to slow down. But I think there's one day a week because, as we're going to talk about, it's the way God designed it, we need to stop and totally disconnect from so much doing in our life. I've heard it said this way before, is that we are human beings, not human doings. But we live our life, all the things that we have to do, all the appointments that we have to make, all the boxes that we have to check. And we forget that we were created to be, that we were created to experience we were created to enjoy this life, to stop and to enjoy. See, if I go up to a stop sign, I never come to a complete stop. I just roll through it like I know no one in this room does. Uh, I'm going to get a ticket. But also, I'm going to hurt myself and probably hurt someone else. What I would encourage you today is not, it's not just time to slow down. It's time to stop. Turn to the person next to you tell them it's time to stop. you got to stop. you got to stop. Because you're going too fast because you're missing out on this life that you have in front of you. And you not only do you stop, but you look around and enjoy it as well. I was talking with one of our home team members this morning and, and he was telling me, hey, last week you told us that we needed to get out and walk outside and walk with God a little bit. And I said, I did that. And I also made sure that I didn't put my headphones in or listen to music or anything. I just wanted to stop and enjoy the sound of creation around me. See, because sometimes we can say we're stopping, but we still have stuff going. We've got our headphones in. We've got, we're sitting back and watching something, but we're never actually stopping and enjoying and being filled up with the things of God. This is so key. God says it like in the very beginning of the Bible. In Genesis chapter two, verse two and three, here's what it says. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. Would you underline that phrase for me? So he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Says it twice because it's so important. I want you to write this down today. God rested, so you should too. God rested, so you should too. Rest is key in our life to slow down. There are doctors that are paid tens of thousands of dollars a year, and the only thing they're the doctor of is helping you sleep better. We know that good sleep is important. We know that we're a much better person after a night we've had great sleep than when we've been tossing and turning. The idea is because we were created 
to rest. The God of the universe, who literally said, let there be light, and it happened, all-powerful, all-present, incredible creator God, took the seventh day to rest, to sit back and enjoy. What he says in this in the snippet of scripture that you see is he looks around and says, it's good. Not that it's perfect, but that it's good. Now, God is a perfect God, and creation at that time was perfect. But I think he uses that language for us to encourage us to remember, hey, it's good. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can rest today. Can I encourage you right now? You're in church. God's moving in your life. I know there may be 99 problems outside these doors, but right now, it's good. It's okay. You can stop and enjoy. I wanna give you permission to be at peace right now because God rested and he gives you permission to rest as well. You don't have to live life at 110%, 100 miles an hour all the time because it's not healthy. The way we live with our life and the way even businesses operate with open 24 seven, whenever you need us, we'll be there, is not healthy for a human. In the book, he talks about that past generation, that where Sunday was the day to shut down. Sunday was the day to go to church. What? Yeah. It actually, people actually built their rhythms of life around that because they knew it was important. I love this because I went to a private Christian school. And they had this rule where they would never assign homework on a Wednesday night. Why? because Wednesday night was youth group night where you went to church. And I was like, this is awesome. Yes, no homework. Does that mean that, you know, I, di I did anything anyway? No, I wouldn't have done it if it was due Thursday anyway. But you know what, it's okay. No homework on Wednesday night because we don't want you to miss church. Because church is not just a box to check. It's actually time where we can come and rest and experience God together and be in life-giving community. Because God rested, so we should as well. And one of the things he talks about in the book is this quote that I think is so powerful, where it says, it's gonna be up on the screen, not only have we traded in a day of rest, but we've traded in a day where our souls can open up to God. We lost more than a day of rest, we lost a day for our souls to open up to God. That's what the Sabbath is all about, for our spirit and our soul to open up and connect to God. How many times have you heard people do this? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, just busy, man. Hey, how's family? Oh, family? <laughs> yeah, they're good. We're just busy. A lot going on right now. Hey, how's work? Oh, you know, it's, it's just a little busy right now. It's just busy, 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 busy. Like that's all we do is say the word busy, right? Everybody's busy. Everyone's got something going on. I need to give you some freedom today, and I also need to speak to that word, is that busyness is a choice. Busyness is a choice. If you want to feel busy, you're going to feel busy. I know a lot of people who have a ton of stuff going on, but they're the most at peace people I've ever seen. Why? Because they realize that busyness, their calendar, their schedule is their choice. That they can actually, they actually have some control over their life more so than they understand. Jesus had the most important life of anyone who ever lived. Jesus never said, when his disciples are like, Jesus, how you doing? Um, I'm pretty busy. The son of God thing is pretty difficult. He never said that. We actually see a story in the Bible where the, storm, the, the, the disciples are out on a ship and the storm is going crazy, knocking them back and forth. The disciples are freaking out and panicking. They think they're going to die. And Jesus in that moment is napping, sleeping, resting. Why? Because even though there may be storms of life around him, he understood, you know, I, I can rest during this because I know who my God is. 
I know that only God can satisfy me. Only God can get me through this. I know even in this moment, God is with me. And I love the phrase, when the disciples wake Jesus up, he simply speaks in an instant to the storm, peace be still, and the storm stops. I pray that you would open your heart today and let Jesus speak, peace be still, to the storms of your life so that you can stop and you can enjoy who you are, who God created you to be, so that your answer is, you know what, I'm, I got a lot going on, but I can actually answer the question and not just say busy, right? Because that is a choice. We can have a lot going on, but we can still live our life in the way God intended it. There's, there's a quote by a guy, uh, his name is John Ortberg. He wrote the foreword for this book. I wanted to give it to you today because I think it's really key to Sabbath and our life. It says, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It's that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually write this down, instead of actually living them. The great thing about following Jesus is not we're not following a new way to do a bunch of different things. We're following a new way to live our life. I love what this quote says, that we can get so distracted and so rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of our life. God does not want you to settle for a mediocre version of who he created you to be, all right? God did not breathe life into you when we were just dust of the earth for us to live a mediocre life. Jesus did not give his life for us to be rushed and distracted from who we really are. The Bible tells us to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. That doesn't mean you gotta do more and you gotta go out and do all this stuff. It means just trust what God said. Trust the fact that you can have a day off and God is still God. Trust that you can rest in the character and peace of Jesus and he will be with you no matter what. Rest, be at peace, take a day off. I wanna give you some verses today that are, in the very, again, in the very beginning of the Bible. One of them comes from Exodus chapter 20. It's verse eight and it says this, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This comes from a very famous passage of scripture called the Ten Commandments. And this is one of the most important commandments to lean into because it's the only one that has a why behind it. Now, I just gave you this verse, but what it continues to say is remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Here's why. Because God rested on the seventh day after all of his creation, after his work of creation was finished. Here's what you need to do, and here's why. I love getting a why because when I was a kid, I hated growing up and my parents telling me I couldn't do something, and I would say, why? And they would love to say, because I said so. That's not a reason, okay, mom, dad. Now I'm a parent now, and that's my favorite thing to say, even when Shepard's three years old. Why can't I do that? Because I said so, that's why. I love it, and I'll continue to say it, because it is a good reason, because I am his father. Now, God understands that sometimes because I said so is pretty frustrating. So he says, hey, here's why you need to remember the Sabbath. Here's why you need to keep it holy. Because I did it. And I know it's healthy for me, as the all-powerful creator God, to rest. You need to rest as well. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does holy literally mean at the core definition? That it's set apart. That it's different from every other day. Your Sabbath day should look different from all six other days. If it's just more of the same, even if it's work that's not related to your job, it's still not what it's supposed to be. And as we're gonna talk about, I wanna give you some practices on really how to keep the Sabbath day holy. 
Now, when this was first written, it was given to the Israelites at, the, at Mount Sinai. It was given to Moses on some stone tablets. God wrote them down himself, say, hey, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to follow. And this was one of them. And he brought it down to the Israelites because at this point, the Israelites were fresh out of slavery from Egypt. They had been delivered from Egypt through the plagues, through the parting of the Red Sea. And in Egypt, they were slaves to just doing more and doing everything that they were controlled and commanded to do. They had to build pyramids, build cities. They lived in horrible conditions. Everything was do more, work, work, work. That is who you're, you are. Their identity was literally work. That's what they were supposed to do. So God is stepping in like God loves to do and saying, nope, that's not your identity. Your identity is son and daughter of your creator, Heavenly Father. And the more you get back into this activity of just trying to work and do and do more and be more and accomplish more and always putting your hand to the plow, you're gonna forget to rest. You're gonna forget to slow down and not do so much. And remember that you can simply be in this moment. Can I encourage you today that God loves you not for anything that you've done. He loves you for who you are. And if there's something to slow down and remember at least once a week for our Sabbath moment, it's that I am a son, I'm a daughter of God, and nothing else matters. The other six days of the week may be crazy, but today, I'm gonna remember who I am I'm gonna remember that God rested and so can I. Does it make sense? Not all the time. <laughs> it doesn't make sense when there's so much to do to just take a day off. But I love that I believe in a God who doesn't make sense sometimes because it also doesn't make sense that God would create people like us. We would turn our back on him, make huge mistakes. We would bind ourselves in our own mistakes and sin and decisions but still, God would come down to this earth, put on skin, walk through this life as the son of God and give his life for you and me and conquer death in three days by walking out of the grave alive. That doesn't make sense either. But I'm glad that I believe in a God who doesn't make sense all the time because that means it's bigger than I can understand. And man, if it's Sabbath about resting and disconnecting and stopping and enjoying, I'm gonna do that. That's exactly what God was reminding the Israelites of. But there's something else that's really key as well, is that later on, so Moses is the guy who originally brought down the 10 commandments from the mountain to the people. And the book of Deuteronomy is the last book that Moses writes in the Bible. And it's really kind of talking about his last stanza, his last season as the leader of Israel. And here's the one of the last things he says in Deuteronomy five, he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Now, his language changes to observe. Here's why. It's because now at this moment, the generation that Moses is speaking to is a generation who, no, who does not remember what, was, what it was like to be in the chains of slavery in Egypt. See, what happens is the Israelites complain so much to God, they build idols and turn their back on God where he says, none of you will walk into the promised land because you have completely turned your back on the things that I have for you. But now Moses is speaking to a new generation and he says, please, you have not only have to remember the Sabbath, but you have to observe the Sabbath. They didn't know what it was like to be 
slaves, but they needed to realize that their God had delivered past generations from slavery into freedom. Now it's not just remembering who I am. It's about remembering what God has done. It's remembering that I once was, yes, a slave to sin, but because of Jesus and his forgiveness and his freedom, now I walk free. I walk alive. I walk knowing that I am a son and daughter of God because of the love of Jesus that was shown here on this earth. God, I'm so thankful for what you've done. And if I'm constantly going, I'm forgetting to slow down and disconnect and trust, man, that I'm only here because of God. You see, Egypt was a culture of more. More cities, more stuff. They literally had to build cities just to hold all the stuff that they had. That's all the city existed for, was to hold the stuff that Egypt had having more, doing more, being more. It kind of sounds like 2021. Get more, achieve more, more money, more followers, more fame. Do you know what is a $22 billion a year industry? Storage units. You drive down Hillsborough Avenue, you'll see about eight of them. Because everyone's got stuff so much, we don't know where to store it. We're gonna talk about a little bit about that next week, about the power of simplicity. And understanding that the simple truths are the most powerful. And living free from all this stuff is key. See, God's delivered us from worrying about more and having to being content and simply being. On your card today, I, I wrote out this little prayer that I wanted to kind of give you as a tool. But I also wanted to take, a, take 30 seconds and kind of pray it over ourselves as we begin to close. And If you'll look at Look at it on your card. It'll be up on the screen as well. But I just want to pray through this prayer together. It may be words on a page. It may be my words that you're repeating after me. But I want to pray over you specifically today. And I want you to pray this prayer over your life. Because maybe even now, there are things that you can't stop thinking about. There are things that you can't stop feeling pressure over of how you're going to accomplish or how you're going to do them. Right now, breathe in the presence of God. And let's pray this prayer today. And let's find that there's freedom in, this, in these words and in these statements. Come on, would you repeat this after me? Come on, say this after me. Let's pray this together. Say, God, free me from the need to do more. Get more, be more. Help me find that my ordinary life is enough. Help me find time to simply enjoy what I already have with you. In Jesus' name we all say, amen. That's what it is. You're free today. Write this down for me. See, the Sabbath is the way to stay free. Because when God first gave these commandments to the Israelites, the first thing they wanted to do was get back in control. Because listen, even though they, they, were, they were slaves, they had control. It was easy. Do what I'm told to do. Actually, the Israelites say this, which I can't even believe is actually in the Bible. They literally say to God, we were better off in chains than we are now. Because at least that stuff we could see, we could hold on to. Now we, we were better off, God. What an insane thing to say. Sabbath helps us stay free because it helps us remember that it's not about working, it's not about doing, it's about letting go and trusting God. To have the faith to know 
that God is trustworthy, that God is worthy, that God is there no matter what. It's faith over the fear of not just the fear of running away, but the fear of trying to accomplish more and get more and do more. To know that man, my ordinary life is enough. Now, that's not an insult, but you know what? Life sometimes is gonna feel ordinary. But it'll never be your identity because you realize even though it may be an ordinary life, you're walking with and experiencing it with an extraordinary God who's with you no matter what. I think one of the most amazing places you can be is to be content with everything that you have right now and simply enjoy who you are. Life may be difficult. It may be hard right now. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. But man, we can still enjoy and slow down and stop light who God has created us to be. Sabbath is the way to stay free. Israelites kept trying to go back to what was easy. Even later on, when he says observe the Sabbath, it was to remember, man, God's bought your freedom with a price. So don't give in. Don't go back. Don't surrender. Don't give in to a mediocre version of your life. Rest. Now I want to give you some practicals, okay? Because it's all good stuff. Wow, that's great. What do I do about all this stuff? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give it to you right now, okay? So here's the what now. How do we begin to practice the Sabbath in our life? Well, first let me tell you, Sabbath is a 24-hour period, all right? doesn't have to be a day because we're not, maybe we're not in control of our work schedules and things like that, but the Sabbath is a day, 24 hours. Here's what you got to do this week. Just set aside a day. Your choice. But it's got to be 24 hours right now. We're, Adrian and I are trying to work on this, how this works for us. I'm not speaking from perfection that I got this all figured out. I'm just speaking, hey, we're trying this out and we're getting better, all right? So for us, here's what works for us. Friday evenings, probably around 6, 7 o'clock, that's, our, that's the start of our Sabbath, right? Saturday morning, we wake up, spend it with the family. We hang out, we laugh, we have a good time. We get donuts and coffee in the morning. It's awesome. And then we know that at seven o'clock Saturday night, we'll begin to think about the morning. If there's any emergencies we have to solve, we'll figure that out. But from seven to seven, that's it. That Sabbath day. Find that for your life. Maybe it is a full day when you wake up and go to sleep. Maybe you can do that. Now, for a lot of us, Sundays could be that day. Some of us, we know we volunteer and stuff, so it might have to change week in and week out. But Sundays is that day, culturally, to set aside and experience God together to rest and enjoy company of great people and enjoy the company of an amazing, amazing God. So this is what I, what I wanted really us to understand today is that these are moments not just to come and check a box. These are moments to come and experience God together and rest and be filled up for the rest of the week. That's what this is about. So you gotta pick a day. Second one is you gotta clear your schedule, all right? You gotta clear the schedule. Here's what can exist on a Sabbath. This is where Adrian and I are really working hard. Sabbath is not a day to, well, you know, I gotta go get groceries today, so I guess I'll go do that. Nope, not that day. Oh, I gotta mow the lawn. Nope, not that day. Figure it out other time of day, other time of the week, because it's about rest. It's about things that fill you up. It's about enjoying your life. It's gonna take some practice. We're not gonna get good at it right away, I know. Because it's fun to go shopping to say we got to get groceries, but we like to go to the, the Target and experience the store and shop and do all that. It's okay. We got to clear our schedule. We're, and I want to lean on that word. That's that schedule word. We're going to have to clear our schedule of tasks and things we have to do, but we might have to actually put in our schedule, like black out that day for Sabbath. 
See, what I think is really important is that if we put meetings and coffee dates and exercise appointments, if we put those on our schedule, we should put our Sabbath on our schedule as well. We should put church on our schedule as well because it's important to be here together. It's important to lift each other up. It's important to get filled together because once again, just doing this at a religious obligation is not going to free you. Just doing this because it's what you do on a Sunday morning is not going to be significant. What is significant is realizing this is an hour and 10 minutes or whatever it is every single week where I know I'm walking in, where I'm a little restless, I'm a little tired, I'm a little stressed, but I walk in, I stretch out my hands, I experience the creator God, I get filled up with the presence and joy of Jesus around people who I know are going through the same things as me so that I can be an encouraged, so that I can be strengthened, so that I can be empowered to live my Monday. That's what this day is. So if anything needs to be scheduled, it's what we do here on Sunday mornings. Come on, let's celebrate that today. That is what's happening. That's why I'm excited about it. Pick a day, clear your schedule. Third one, whoo, I like this one. It's a good one. Tried this a little bit yesterday. Turn off your phone. Woo, yes, I said it. Turn it off. I grew up when I didn't have a cell phone until I was like 16. Somehow I survived. Somehow my mom knew where I was at all times. Just a mom gift, I guess. Somehow I still was where I was supposed to be when she needed to pick me up. You are not that important that everyone needs you 24-7. You don't always have to be accessible. That's not healthy. We are, it's, studies show that we're the most informed generation ever. Flip side, we're one of the most emotionally dead and spiritually empty generations as well. Because we're too informed. We want to be in control, know everything. Turn your phone off, it's okay, it's okay. And emergencies don't happen every day, don't happen every five minutes, and it's healthier for you spiritually to simply get away. Turn our phone off, put it in a box somewhere, take the kids' phones, put them away, and just be together. So for that day, it's not that 2,600 times I'm touching my phone, it's zero and I'm touching the presence of God, I'm touching time with my family, and I'm doing the things that really, really do fill me up, the main things that matter. And then when you turn your phone back off, you'll feel back on, you'll feel great. All of the dings will come through for all the texts and notifications you missed, and you can feel great, like, wow, I'm missed. I love being missed. This is awesome. Give, your, give yourself a chance for that to happen. And then you can say, ha, huh, I was unavailable because I was on Sabbath. Fourth one is this. Pick a day, clear your schedule, turn off your phone. The fourth one is rest and worship. And it's the last one because it's the one that builds everything else. Everything that we do on Sabbath is about rest and worship. So if you're wondering, what do I do on my Sabbath day? Is it rest? No, don't do it. What do I do on my Sabbath day? Is it worship? No, don't do it. What's rest to you? Some of us, maybe rest is getting filled back up by doing a hobby, by spending time with our family. But you also gotta put in worship as well. Because God didn't just look around and rest. He also looked at creation and said, man, this is good. This is good. Spent time worshiping. Spent time in his own presence. And what's powerful for us is to realize that we're not only resting, we're worshiping God. We're taking moments where we're just getting out in creation, where we're spending time in our word, where we're praying. And I promise you, if you commit to this 24-hour period once a week, you'll get more done. I, I promise you, you'll get more done because God will be working alongside you. I was taught a long time ago that when we talk about the, the principle of the tithe with our finances, we talk about giving God the first 10%, right? Well, it also works with our time. 
that with our finances, I can do way more with 90% that God's involved with than 100% on my own. Time is the same way. I can do way more with six days where one day off is spent with God than seven days just filling it up with all the things I have to do. And I encourage you today, slow down, rest, be at peace. God's with you. God's there. God's working alongside of you. Stop and enjoy your life. Stop and enjoy your life. God wants you emotionally alive and spiritually full. Nothing in this life, apart from God, apart from Jesus, can satisfy us. Let's open up to him. Let's connect with him. And let's find that Sabbath. Let's find it this week and be at peace and be at rest. You are made for God, made by God, made to need God, and made to run on God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we finish today? Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.